And good evening, and welcome into another edition of Gateway to Baseball Heaven. I'm your host, Daniel Shoptal, C70 Bat at C70 on Twitter. With me, as always, Tara Nichols from Red Dirt Red <laughs> from Birds on the Black. Sorry, I put you on Alan's blog. That's not good. <laughs> Birds on the Black and at Tara Welvin on Twitter. Um, we're coming to you Sunday night as normal. Cardinals have just won two of three again from the Giants. So, Tara, I mean, over the last two weeks, the Cardinals have won, you know, four of six against the best record in baseball. We should feel a lot more optimistic about this team than I think we probably do, shouldn't we? Well, yeah, I guess I think if the Brewers would stop winning, that, that would, would make us feel a, lot, a little yes. bit better. And if the Cardinals would have, you know, scored runs perhaps in a little bit more um authoritative ways <laughs> even the win today came on a Harrison Bader infield single that probably shouldn't have happened <laughs> so yeah I mean it's nice when things break your way it's a little bit nicer when you kind of control your own destiny instead of just waiting for things to break your way but so goes baseball and that's you take those wins just like you uh you take the ones that are more commanding so four out of six from the Giants uh feels pretty good and feels like again like we said right before the break it feels like they were moving in a positive direction and i don't know where that means they end up but it's at least a little bit more interesting um you know than (laughs) than just treading water at a very very less than mediocre level yeah i mean this week john mosellock said they're not going to be sellers. He didn't see any way they would be sellers at the deadline, which is understandable because one, there's not a lot to sell. And two, anybody that's anybody's would be interested in, they want for future years. Right. Um, so, okay. But he also mentioned, I think it's the first time I've heard him say that they could be buyers or holders, um, which means a lot of the same stuff. And it's still, <laughs> I mean, it's still mind-boggling to me. We've talked about this quite a bit. Um, you know, the Jack Flaherty went down what June first. Um, there's a whole rotation of pitchers on the DL, and except for Wade LeBlanc, who, granted, has been quite an exceptional pickup for for Mo, the Cardinals really have done nothing to address that, and that just continues to be mind-boggling because we thought, you know they had to do something within a week or two. It's been two months now and they still haven't gotten a pitcher in here. And, you know, tomorrow in a huge series against the Cubs that we'll talk about here in a little bit, they're starting Jake Woodford as their, you know, opening starter um, in his first start of the season. uh, I mean, where, why explain this Tara? Uh, I don't know. I can't explain it anymore. And I feel like I would love to have a conversation with John Mosellock, even like off the record, just to try to understand what the, what the process is like from that perspective. And look, I'm not in any position to sit here and say, well, you know what they should have done is Mm -hmm. this and this and this, because it's obviously more complicated than that. And it's obviously, um, more costly than that, not just in terms of, of dollars and cents or even in players, but in the, the way that you go about spending your time on whether it's this season or this particular problem this season, or, you know, 
what that looks like in terms of presumably there's some sort of five-year plan, (laughs) (laughs) some sort of longer-term plan than just the next couple of months. So I don't, I'm not trying to suggest the the solution is simple. I'm not trying to say that, man, if only John Moselak would have made a move sooner, the Cardinals would be leading the division because there are some very real issues with the offense that we sort of have, we sort of stop talking about when they win because obviously the point of the game is to win, but also <laughs> it's still not entirely resolved on, on the whole offensive side of the ball. Um, but it is very confusing. All of that to say, I, I I get that it's more involved than we're ever going to know because we d- we're not in the room. But it is very confusing to see a team with some very clear possible pitfalls from the start of the season on the pitching staff. And for a team that has been so consistent in saying you can never have too much pitching you can never have too much pitching you can never have too much pitching Uh, John Mazzalek's other other line is these things tend to work themselves out right when you're Mm -hmm. you're like oh you Mm -hmm. have eight pitchers and only five spots in the rotation he'll tell us these things tend to work themselves out and more often than not he's right they do because you know someone's always going to get injured you know someone's going to underperform you know there's going to be some other issue somewhere along the line and I, I don't think it's fair to say they didn't have a backup plan to their original start of the season plan. But I do think it's fair to say they probably overestimated the contributions of Miles Michaelis, even if he didn't miss the first two months, three months, however long he's going to be out for this season. Um, and I think it's fair to say that even though they knew the Carlos Martinez in the rotation decision was bit of an experiment, a bit of a risk, considering the last couple of years struggling to find that form again. Um, As much as I appreciate Daniel Ponce de Leon and John Gant for the roles they've played in different seasons, I'm not really sure those two guys were the, the level of backup plan that felt like it could still win them an NL central title. Um, and that's just from the beginning of the year. I know I'm going back way further than you started when you started saying, why didn't they make this move two months ago? Uh, but I feel like it starts there with whatever the game plan was, whatever they thought the the path to the postseason was on the pitching side of things, the lack of um, viable options started way back then. So then to get to a point where you have injuries – Miles Michaelis stays out. Carlos Martinez was on again, off again, and also is now injured. And Jack Flaherty's hurt. And those are just the guys that you thought had the potential to be the strength of the rotation, right? Not including the <laughs> those backup options. I don't know how you don't make a move that isn't Wade LeBlanc, who, by the way, wasn't signed to be in the rotation. <laughs> He was signed to be an option because they needed arms, not to be your every fifth day starter. And that's where he is by default now because that's they have to put someone in that spot. And granted, to his credit, he's pitched pretty well and he's kept them in games where other guys didn't. So that's a, a huge success, I think, at this point for Wade LeBlanc. And 
in tandem, I guess John Mosellock for making the move, but I I would be hard pressed to feel confident saying, see, this is what he thought was going to happen all along. <laughs> um, and to have no other option in the absence of some of those premier starters. I don't know. And John Mazzalock also likes to say, we've been around him enough now to know the buzzwords and to know the <laughs> phrases and to know some of the answers that he always falls back on. Uh, and he likes to say, you know, in terms of trades, um, that essentially, like, <laughs> we can ask, but it doesn't mean that they're going to trade us anybody. So there it has to be some... It does take two teams to trade, as I've been told, not just by John Mazalek, but also on the Twitters. Um, yeah, so I, I, again, I realize it's not as complicated as going, we need a pitcher. Let me call up the Nationals and t- tomorrow Max Scherzer will be here. The Cardinals don't have the depth anywhere in the organization that they did several years ago. They've traded off most of their truly valuable major league caliber pieces and we're seeing them be successful in other places so they weren't wrong in in believing that those were valuable pieces um but where you go to find that sort of depth on the trade market i don't know at this point so john mazalek isn't wrong when he says (laughs) in probably much uh nicer terms uh we don't have anything that anyone wants (laughs) for the major league talent that we would need that would actually make a difference um, and I don't know who you go out and sign at this point that isn't someone like Wade LeBlanc. So I don't know. To answer your question, I feel like I'm just reiterating the same arguments that we've we've had all along in saying, I don't know at this point. Should they have done something two months ago? Probably. Um, would it have made a significant difference in the results in the last few months? I don't know. <laughs> If I'm being completely honest, I don't know if one pitcher in the absence of Jack Flaherty makes that difference. And I can see the justification from John Mazalek's perspective of, hey, look, we went went out and got Wade LeBlanc that didn't blow anybody's minds when we made that move. And he's what's keeping us afloat right now. So why would I go out and get something so much more significant, spend so much more money or trade so many more players to get something that is going to do the same thing in terms of giving us some consistency in the rotation. I can see that being the justification. I'm not saying that I agree with that, (laughs) (laughs) but I think that's how we end up in this point every time where look, the brewers have injuries or they have a guy that's underperforming. They make a move. They, they go out and figure out a solution and they do it now because now is when we have the problem. The Cardinals are stuck in this, habit of waiting till the trade deadline to see what happens to see who steps up to see what we really have in the young guys and then there's no move left to make that does any real damage uh, in terms of affecting the overall performance so it feels very routine at this point honestly and I think that's why we can kind of laugh it off and we can kind of joke about it because this isn't a new frustration this isn't a new dynamic it just feels like this year so much went wrong on the pitching side of things that man, if there's ever a time to, uh, you know, change the, change the MO a little bit, um, maybe this would have been the year to do it and give yourselves a, a little bit more of a shot. Yeah. I mean, and you know, even 
we talked about it. We've talked about it before, you know, and, and when Jack Flaherty went down, the idea that you couldn't sign a free agent then because they wouldn't be ready for a month. Well, they would be really helpful to have that kind of guy, you know, right now. Um, <laughs> and, you know, looking at that, you know, trying to get by with like a Wade LeBlanc, it makes sense, but to have a, I'm not even saying you could have gotten him, but let's say, you know, Rick Porcello was the guy that was buzzed around. And there's a reason that Rick Porcello is not signed. He's, he's struggled as a vet, but he's a veteran guy that could have given you some innings. Um, he could have, in theory, you know, being that if he was still out there in June at all interested in playing, might have signed a minor league contract and you pitch him down there for a month. And, you know, then you have that option. And they just, they didn't want to do that. I don't know if they were too optimistic with what they have. Um, I, you know, I don't know. And again, that's, that's not necessarily going to save this, but we've seen over the last two weeks, like you talked about, the offense still is that not there. The offense is still sputtering. And I want to talk about that in a little bit, but the Cardinals have won games and they've won games because the pitching is good enough to hold, you know, and that is (laughs) for all intents and purposes, the Cardinal way uh, of the last half decade, right? I mean, if they're winning ball games, it's not because they're putting up six or seven runs a game. They're putting up two or three runs a game, but that's enough versus two or three runs a game and the pitcher gives up eight and they're getting blown out. Um, so, you know, just having reliable arms, um, you know, they don't have to be special. They don't have to be Jack Flaherty level. Um, just having reliable arms uh, can go a long way with this team. Um, and not to have that, you know, again, not to go ahead and put one of those in your minor leagues and see what happens and see if you need them. And if not, you know what, you're out of, you know, maybe a million dollars on a guy, you know, and you, you know, let him go back home. Um, that's, that seems to be a small price to pay to have that kind of insurance. But, you know, again, we don't know everything. We don't know. They may have tried to do something like that and couldn't find anybody that was interested in pitching in the minor leagues. It seems strange, but maybe it is. Um, but their approach to this has been a little bit, a little bit odd. Now let's, let's talk about the offense a little bit because we do spend a lot of time focusing on the pitching and sometimes the offense does kind of, um, slide under that radar. Cardinals win two out of three this weekend, but they scored a total of seven runs to do that. Um, besides more of, you know, they got to hit better. Is there anything that you see that you would like to see them do to try to, you know, is it, you know, changing, you know, the order, uh, trying to do a few other things here and there. What is it? What can they do without going out because it doesn't feel to me except maybe at second base that there's a whole lot they can go out and get and replace um so what how do they get this better oh man you brought up second base (laughs) well you know there's a way they could have been better um no even this is is hard for me to even break down and and offer suggestions that seem to make sense because and we've discussed this at length. I'm not going to go back down that rabbit hole, but I'm not convinced that it's as much a personnel thing as a process thing. Mm. And 
you know, you flip somebody else in there at second base or you, you know, I, look, Dylan Carlson's not lighting the world on fire. Paul Goldschmidt has hit well as of late. Um, but, you know, Paul Goldschmidt on his own can't do all the things. Nolan Arnato has been pretty much as advertised. But Paul DeYoung has kind of been a, a giant hole, except for the games where he hits a home run. And that's great. Um, but it's not exactly lighting the world on fire with any sort of consistency. So I don't know if moving guys around in the lineup is going to make a difference. I mean, last year we talked about this a lot with Dexter Fowler and Colton Wong and where you put Tyler O'Neill when he's, you know, healthy and, and with the major league club and, and where do you slot Yadier Molina? Because he was anywhere from <laughs> second to eighth in, <laughs> in games in the last couple of years. And so they've made those attempts at changing things up. I, I don't know. I don't know that without anyone consistent hitting behind Arenado, he's not necessarily getting any protection. I know different people have varying opinions about how valuable that really is. Um, but I, I think when there's so much inconsistency, yeah, Tyler O'Neill can hurt you if you make a mistake. He's gotten a lot better. I think he's been far more of a factor than he ever has been before, and that's great. He's been a huge piece of the the offense that this team has put together. So I don't think you can pinpoint one guy um, and say, you know, if, if he just plays better or if you just move him down or whatever it is. You know, we talked about, Harrison Bader after he came back from his time uh, on the IL again and man he looked good in that in that comeback hit a, had a couple of big home runs and and that's great and exciting for Harrison Bader um he had the uh go ahead turned into the winning RBI on that awkward <laughs> infield single today and that's great in the scorebook it looks like you know just a solid line drive base hit win the game everybody celebrates um but the reality is they're still taking a lot of strikes and swinging a lot of bad pitches and i don't know that there's anyone on the minor league front that is really ready to jump up and be a spark plug like we have seen young guys do before um remember most of those guys if anything, only got the alternate site experience last year. So they're playing catch up as well. Um, and we've talked before about how hard it is to even figure out what you do with minor league numbers or minor league readiness at this point because their season was delayed this year. They didn't have one last year. The competition, it's all, it's just all a mess at this point as far as that goes. So I feel like I'm rambling again because there isn't, there isn't a good answer in my mind to your question. And look, you're going to find other podcasts and you're going to find other people who will be like, what the Cardinals need to do is go out and sign this guy and don't play Paul DeYoung at shortstop ever again. And maybe they do. Maybe they bring in a, a, somebody to play short. Um, I don't think that one guy is going to solve the offensive troubles of the entire lineup. Um, I think that when you out hit the Giants 11 to 10, and still lose seven to two. <laughs> there are 
even issues outside of actually making contact. Um, you know, the timeliness of that, the situational hitting, the ability to drive guys in when you have runners in scoring position. It just seems like it's an all-encompassing problem. It's not just a matter of strikeouts. It not, it's not just a matter of, you know, a couple of years ago when everybody was pounding uh, ground balls out in front of the pitch. Like, it's just slow ground ball, easy, easy ground ball, double plays, whatever it is. It's It doesn't seem like it's one thing. It's just an overall... I, I don't know. I don't know. And... I don't don't think they know either. <laughs> um, I know they put Jeff Albert out in front of the media after the the storm around him a couple weeks ago, which was interesting because Jeff Albert typically doesn't talk to the media, um, and he sort of defended the approach. He sort of uh, acknowledged the struggles, and we we talked about last week. Has it been better? Ish. <laughs> um, but not really better enough that I feel like, wow, they really turned a corner here. And I don't think that it's a one guy solution. Um, unless that one guy can tell everyone else how to get out of their own way well enough to just play baseball. And to me, that still seems to be what it looks like the problem is, even if that's just an unfair assumption on my part. Yeah. Um, <laughs> there's no. a lot there's a lot of rambling <laughs> to say i don't know shop i don't know um you know you're right uh it's trying to figure this whole thing out it is probably much more of a process but what bothers me is that we see them come out and you know fairly consistently not put up runs and yet every day the next day the lineup is the same you know it's it's still the same guys in the same spots and you know i looked at it uh earlier in the week at the blog and and not not in depth but just in general and you know harrison bader like you said had come back and since his since he's been off the il he's put up pretty good on base percentage now granted he's batting eighth so maybe that has something to do with it paul de young's hit 370 i think in july you know, maybe it's time to, you know, take a 10 day run at Bader being the leadoff guy and Paul DeYoung yeah. slipping back into fifth and letting Carlson slide down. Cause you know, Dylan Carlson looks like he needs a reset. Yeah. Um, you know, getting Yadier Molina out of the fifth spot, um, you know, just a few tinkerings and let that run for a few days and see how that works. Um, Cause it feels to me that, you know, right now it's just you're putting the same things out there. You're getting the same results, and that's you know. Now, granted, everything would be nice and ha- and happy if Paul uh, Goldschmidt and Nolan Arnauto could hit at the same time. It seems like they take months. <laughs> you know, one will hit one right. month, one will hit the next month. They even had that graphic up, I think, on on Fox last night, where you know they've just kind of alternated on being hot. If they could ever get hot at the same time, maybe you do something. But it, you know, even then. You know, if Carlson's continuing to struggle, you don't have anybody on in front of them. Um, and, you know, or, you know, hopefully you have Tyler O'Neill that can drive them in. I just, I just feel like continuing to run out the same stuff when they have been struggling and when there are at least statistically look like there's some options that, you know, we're just kind of, you know, I think a lot of people, like you were saying, you know, 
Paul Young, he can't hit. Well, okay, he's hitting right now. Maybe we move, you know, we shift him up. And then if he doesn't hit for the next 10 days, then you move him back. But if he does, then, you know, maybe that's another option. You know, at least, you know, have a spot where somebody comes up with two outs and two on, and you actually feel like they can get a hit in that situation. Um, you know, the Cardinals had some rough spots. You know, they had a, a bases loaded situation, and then had Adam Wainwright come up, which, you know, doesn't – I love Wainwright, but this year, no. Um <laughs> And then I think they had bases loaded with two outs and Yachty and Molina come up. And I know Yachty is pretty good in those type of situations in general. I wish I was trying to hunt it a minute ago. I would really like to see it broken down because, you know, Yachty was so good in April. Um, I'd like to know yeah. what his runners and scoring position is since then, because I know his overall has fallen off. He still comes up with some big moments. Don't get me wrong, but I think sometimes we remember those moments and not as much the, pop up with you know on the first pitch this yachting right. tends to do that kind of stuff so i you know i guess that's just my my thinking is if you can't bring in somebody new and, and again i don't think they can trade for if they traded for an outfielder i don't see how they would play them over the three guys they yep. got going you know obviously the corners are set nobody's coming in at catcher you know a middle infielder yeah that would also acknowledge that they messed up in the offseason <laughs> um which we all know but, you know, that seems to be about the only thing they can do offensively. So if they're not going to bring in a hitter, then at least try to optimize the ones you've got. Um, and instead of just, and I get, you know, you don't want to just, oh, five games, uh, hot, hot five games, let's let this guy lead off. You don't want to do that all the time. And I get there's a fine line there, but there's got to be some way of looking at this that doesn't continue to run out the same same set. Um and expect that this is the game that they're going to hit. Yeah. Um, and I think that that falls on Mike Schilt mm-hmm. to realize that at some point, okay, this is what I've got. Right. <laughs> this is what we're working with. And the same approach isn't getting us different results. So just like I can harp on the process for the hitters, I could say the same thing of Mike Schilt in that I know there's a traditional way of doing this. I know that there's a sort of by the book, this is how we've always done it. I got to stand by my guys kind of thing. I think the managers who are the best at this job are the ones who can sort of do what the Brewers have done to an extent. Now, don't get me wrong, that we just talked about how the Brewers kind of have a tendency to fall apart <laughs> when, it, <laughs> when it counts. Uh, so think of what I just said as you will. But um, the Brewers have done a really interesting thing under Craig Council where they can mix and match. They can change things up. They can, you know, look really terrible and then go, huh, I'm going to try this one thing that seems really weird and seems like it's probably not going to work. And like players aren't going to buy in because it's not how they've always done it. But also we're going to start winning. And then they're going to be like, actually, (laughs) this isn't so bad if we're actually winning because winning is kind of fun. Um, I don't know. The the word creativity gets thrown around a lot in a season where nothing has gone according to plan. I don't know if Mike Schilt has the ability to be creative in the way that you would have to, to mix this up that in a way that, that does more than just like put Harrison Bader at the top of the lineup for a few days, mm-hmm. not saying that that would be a bad thing. I, I think there, there's some intrigue there and I'd be curious to see what he does with that. Um, 
But if you don't have the ability to take a group of guys like that and go, hey, look, things are going to get a little weird. (laughs) We're going to try some stuff. It's probably not going to be what you're used to. It might be uncomfortable because it's going to, you know, take you out of what has felt normal. But we're going to just try to shake it up and see if anything sticks. And if it does, it's going to be a lot more fun when we're winning than when we're not. I don't know if that level of creativity exists within the current leadership structure that the Cardinals have in place. Yeah, I think that's that's pretty fair. I mean, we have talked about it for years, even if you want to stretch it all the way up to the front office, about, you know, well, you can go back to, you know, the Max Scherzer on the free agent thing. And, you know, I know we argued, some people argued, and I was like one of them, you know, you have five pitchers, get a Max Scherzer and worry about that six part, you know, <laughs> figure that out later, you know. And I think that's to some degree, they're not willing to chase the bird in the bush because they've got mm-hmm. one in their hand, but, you know, or the two in the bush because they're, they, they, they're very cognizant of what they have and i mean to be fair i mean they probably are getting a little bit skittish now because everybody they trade off is becomes a new legend i mean john nagowski is hitting in pittsburgh you know i mean it's like what do we do now you know it's like um i don't know if they've thought about just completely trading everybody and then you know (laughs) or at least telling them they've been traded so see if that helps you know um i I don't know what the deal is but um but yeah i mean they're they're not you you know we how how much did we hammer on this idea of you got paul goldschmidt go get price harper um because you need that you need that extra bit and that's not even necessarily creativity but it is you know realizing that good enough isn't necessarily good enough um and that's that's not what they have um, so you're right. I mean, yeah, when, the, when Mike Schiltz comes out even this week and says, well, it could be Oviedo, we could get creative. I mean, does anybody <laughs> really expect anything besides Oviedo to come up and pitch on Tuesday? I mean, I mean, I don't know what creative looks like in his brain because I feel like his version of creative and mine are probably very different. I mean, the only, and you know what? Look, that he's he's had way more success at this than I will ever have. (laughs) So I'm not discounting the fact that he's done this whole thing a lot longer and a lot more successfully than I ever have. But when something stops working, you know, it's the, the, tried and true definition of insanity right you keep doing the same thing and expecting different results i don't know if he has within him because he's so um he's so committed and he's so uh tied to the tradition of the organization and the tradition of baseball and and all of those things and look when when the cardinals brought him in and we all kind of realized that about him it was endearing and it was like hey this is awesome this is a guy who knows what he's doing he knows what he's talking about he knows this team and this organization um but i think you also have to be willing to act in the now (laughs) based on what you have now and and i don't know i don't know what that looks like in his mind you're right what is getting creative with a starter <laughs> look like at this point um is it matthew libertor because that would at least be interesting to me mm-hmm. but does anyone think it's not going to be oviedo no probably not yeah i mean the only i mean somebody did i think i saw somebody mention that maybe they would use the opener for the first time um but i 
don't know who that would be, right? I mean, it's obviously not going to be Alex Reyes because he's pitched the last couple of days. And, you know, I don't know that anybody is excited about the idea of, you know, like Jose Garcia starting a game and pitching an inning and then turning it over to Johan Oviedo. I don't know that there's, which I'm not, I kind of understand, but I'm not really sold on this whole opener thing anyway. Just as it just seems a little bit weird to me, but that's because I'm old. Um, so I get that. I don't necessarily know all that. Um, so I don't know. Yeah. I mean, you, you say Libertor would be interesting. Um, I'm trying to see when he pitched last, he pitched, uh, Friday. So yeah, he wouldn't be ready to go on Tuesday. So don't, don't figure they'll throw a guy up there in shortest and he doesn't need to be there. I mean, the last he's given up 11 runs in his last two outings total. So, I mean, no, he doesn't. We don't need to do. That. I don't. Creative it doesn't need to come at the sacrifice of development for some of these guys. And so, yeah, I don't. I don't know what it is. Maybe it's Jack Flaherty doing soft toss with uh, <laughs> uh, the Cubs and figuring they can't hit forty-five mile per hour pitches or something like that. I don't know. It could work. I it mean, could work. Why not? Why not? Ah, <laughs> uh, but after all that, Cardinals still one game under five hundred. They have, you know, they beat the Giants. They split with the Cubs. They beat the Giants. They at least look a little bit better than that team that we saw run through those terrible teams and not it look like a terrible mm-hmm. team. So I don't know. I don't know if they just play to the level of competition, which we've talked about before, or mm-hmm. or what. But hopefully, they can do. Something this week because this this four game set with the Cubs and I know we say this a lot and and maybe it's not fair, but this four game set with the Cubs really does feel like for both teams uh, a fulcrum, right? I mean, if the Car- Cardinals sweep, the Cubs are done. If the Cubs sweep, the Cardinals are done. If they split, well, maybe it doesn't really matter. But if somebody wins the series or loses there, especially for the Cubs, if they lose the series at all, you know, you figure that just accelerates them getting rid of players. Um, well, and that's that's the interesting thing about this to me, right? Because we've heard from both organizations in the last week with two very different messages. Hmm. One saying, essentially, say goodbye, fans. Yeah. Uh, and the other one saying, no, 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 we don't know what we're going to do yet, but no one's going anywhere. And I don't know what the uh, mind games are that that does with the players. But, mm-hmm. you know, I, I'm sure they just try to ignore it and and play the game that they would play anyway. But you know, you've got teams from a front office perspective moving in two very different directions. And in that respect, maybe this series means more for the Cardinals than it does for the Cubs at this point in terms of this season. But, you know, Cubs Cardinals, it's going to be weird and it's going to be wild and it's going to be stressful. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And it does have a, a significant impact as much as any four game set in July can have um, on the way that the standings look right now. I I mean, both teams nine back from the Brewers, it doesn't feel like, wow, this is really, really key for the division, (laughs) but those are important gains that could be made. um, You know, especially for the Cardinals knowing the games they have left with the Brewers head to head. So it does feel big. It feels I'm intrigued by the the difference in plans for the two teams, <laughs> but it may not really make much difference on the field at all. 
Yeah. The only good thing is the car, the Cubs already traded Jock Peterson. Right. And boy, I'm glad. I, I mean, I don't know what they could have gotten if they just waited and let him, you know, hit four more times against the Cardinals because yeah. he'd have like two or three more home runs. They probably got That's like probably four true. prospects for him. <laughs> but they didn't think about this. Uh, I'm just glad he's not going to be in that series because he has, he has dominated the Cardinals so far this year. So, and, you know, if tonight or tomorrow they'd like to trade off Anthony Rizzo or Craig Kimbrell, you know, that's fine. I'd be okay with it. Yeah. I think, I think honestly they owe baseball to get this done just now. So we have something, so not, not to wait. And um, so hopefully they'll, they'll take that into advisement and get that done. (laughs) Oh me. All right. Well, next week, it still feels like, you know, we keep, we've been talking about the trade deadline. We've had the all-star game, um, which you and Alex covered. So, so thoroughly uh, (laughs) on chirps. Um, I just have to ask: Do you like the uh, home run derby suggestion that Alex made? Yeah, it's, it feel a lot like the way the derby used to be, right? Um, and it's fine. Yeah, I did. I'm fine with that. Yeah, um, I do like to some degree. I understand the timed part because it didn't make the game, you know, run five hours. Sure. And, you know, because there is a set amount of time you can watch people hold run, hit home runs. I mean, there's that's just, true. Yes. Because after after you've seen like twenty home runs, it's like, yeah, they they kind of all look alike, you know. It's, it's it's like that's cool, that's great, that's that, wow, you know. You get over and then it's like, oh, we got to watch more. Okay, yeah. Um, so um, see, that's how I feel about the sec- the second and third rounds. Sure, Just don't I, need them. I can understand that, and I can I can understand that, and I'm. I definitely I did not watch this year. I watched the All Star game. I didn't watch the Home Run Derby. So when y'all were talking about the fact that they were like continuing to pitch while the ball was in the air, oh. I was like, that had to be insane. It was terrible. Yeah, was I terrible. can't. I can't even. <laughs> I can't even imagine that. So, um, but anyway, we've had the All Star game. Um, I think I was going somewhere, and I don't remember where it was now. Um, Sorry, I totally. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> it just totally slammed into whatever it was I mean, you were it was, trying to do there uh, that is absolutely fair but i you were saying know. something about how we talked about it last week the trade deadline oh yeah it feels like we're actually it feels like it should be here right i mean that's yes. what i'm trying to say i guess that's what <laughs> as age is getting to me um it feels like it should already be like this weekend or in the next couple of days and we still got 10 days, you know, so, um, so Tara and I will be with you next week where I will try to remember what I'm talking about. And we will also talk about what's coming up because we should have a pretty good idea, you know, especially if the Cardinals don't do well, that the, uh, what, what that week is going to look like. So until then I'll stop rambling. And that is, I'm Daniel. That's Tara. Good night. Hey, Cardinals fans. Thanks for listening to this week's show. If you liked what you heard, you can find us on iTunes. Just search Gateway to Baseball Heaven under Podcasts and click subscribe. While you're there, feel free to give us five of those little gold stars or even a quick review. And tune in next time as we break down another week in Baseball Heaven.